Hello and welcome to my six-day Christmas special series of Silence, a podcast that gives women in science, technology, engineering and maths, or STEM, an opportunity to be honest and open about what it's really like surviving and thriving in an often male-dominated world. I've reached the half-year mark, which means that each week for the past 26 weeks, an incredible woman in STEM has shared her stories and experiences. She may have been a public figure, the girl next door, or someone from a far-off land. What's special about silence is that all my guests have been deliberately kept anonymous and disguised to ensure that we're not distracted or even intimidated by her achievements or what she looks like. I'm Dr. Shanice Mara, also a woman in STEM. I studied mechanical engineering and ended up as a television broadcaster. Through my work reporting on some cutting-edge technology and innovation over the years, I've met some incredible females from a diverse range of STEM fields, and some of them have been brave and kind enough to share their personal stories with me on this show. These women have been doing groundbreaking work within the world of STEM, but what has been most impressive and inspiring for me is learning about their human side. Here are some of the best sound bites from across the first 13 episodes. It gets raw, upfront and transparent, and I hope what you hear in the next half an hour over the next six days resonates with you too. If so, please do subscribe to Silence and maybe even leave some comments and reviews. I'd love to have your feedback. Enjoy. I've actually come to be extremely proud that I am a woman in science, and that was mainly through my journey of finding and hearing from other women in science. And I've noticed that they are some of the most influential and inspiring women that I have met um, that are doing all these, they're kind of going above and beyond what uh, some of the men I've met do. And that's not like a sweeping statement of saying that men do less and women have to try more to get to the same level as men but just the one that i've met are so amazing because hearing what they've had to overcome and then hearing how proud they are that they kept like that they stuck to it and got through college and got through those classes where they had to deal with the stereotypes and got through those professors who were already stereotyping them there have also been a number of times when i was the only woman around and sometimes that felt extremely isolating and i think that a lot of times my male colleagues would have no idea just how isolating it felt. It took me three years of being in engineering school to have a female professor in mechanical engineering, actually in engineering ever. And so when you don't have role models and you don't have people who are really taking you seriously, it's demoralizing. I remember there was this one class where I had this professor, it was also a chemistry class, and like I would cry while studying. I found it to be so hard and like the teacher was hard and like, and then there were definitely moments of like self-doubt, you know, even like that I am not like these other students that are in this class who I just felt like science has always been like their thing. There's just been a lot of comparison, you know, and I just feel like, what am I doing? Like, I feel like a fraud. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm not supposed to be here. Um, I think that sometimes the world would like to make it think that we are ill-suited for it. Like, oh, if you can't figure out this concept, then you're not, you shouldn't be in this. And I've actually had professors tell um, my friends before that are women, they go into the class or go into their office and um, ask them a question or they're confused about a subject. I've actually had those professors tell them, well, you're just not suited for this um, major. You're just not suited for this path. You shouldn't be in this major. And um, so I think when you have the world and professors and um, people like that telling you, well, if you don't get this right away, you're just not meant for this. I think that does make women less sure of the path that they've chosen. 
I think in many cases there are women who are choosing it and then choosing to turn away from it. So there, at least here in the U.S., we we've had lots of discussions about leaky pipes and things of this nature, where um, you look at the interest that young girls may have in in STEM subjects and you see where their interest drops off and try to target that. But at the same time, you can look further down the line and look at the women who are already in STEM fields and how many of them transfer out of it at uh, the undergraduate level or how many don't go to graduate school, even if they finish their undergraduate degrees. Um, and then from graduate school to jumping into academia, there's there's another huge drop. And I think it's it's a difficult problem because it's very multifaceted. There are a lot of different things that you can see as being contributors to it, um, whether it has to do with societal attitudes or simply the fact that it's not always easy being the only one or one of very few because you may stick out and not everyone wants to deal with that stress. And I also think it's just that self-consciousness that we have um, as women, when we don't understand something that we start to question ourselves and start to question whether we're cut out for it or especially when we see all these men that are just having these light bulb moments constantly and know what the professor's talking about and it doesn't seem like gibberish to them. It makes it really tough when you see all that happening and then you look, like you reflect back on yourself and how you aren't understanding any of this. Then you start to question, I guess this isn't the right path for me. And there are a lot of women that I've known that have actually dropped out um, or not just dropped out of college, they're chosen different majors um, or something like that just because they felt so intimidated by not knowing what they were doing or by being that one of five in the class that did not do well on that exam or just completely missed that concept. Where it does get quite interesting and maybe a bit challenging for women is face-to-face interactions. So for example, you know, I've been in many situations where I've been in a boardroom and there have been, say, like 12 guys around the table and me. Those can be quite sort of interesting and challenging situations because I've noticed that as soon as I walk into the room as a woman, the dynamic will change, uh, the vibe changes, the atmosphere changes. And I think that there are some men out there that feel almost relieved that a woman's presence might be included in something, in a scenario like that. But then there are other men that maybe feel a little bit um, insecure about it because it's very difficult, I think, these days in particular for a man to know how to treat a woman without being inappropriate or um, being considered to be inappropriate. We're living kind of in a day and age where things are a little bit touch and go. So um, I think women who are in male-dominated industries can often make other men feel quite uncomfortable. And I think that's sort of where the challenges are. But I understand, I've had a friend who was actually going to medical school and when she wanted to apply, she said that she told her advisor and he said, oh, you're so pretty. You don't need to worry. Like someone will take care of you. Like, don't work so hard and stress yourself out. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I was shocked because she was such a good student and she was such a hard worker. And like, 
it kind of diminished like the fact that she could accomplish what she wanted to. It wasn't quite half and half, but there were a good fair number of girls on that course, and um, there seemed to be no divide in how good the girls were versus the guys. What was apparent was maybe how we approach the subjects, and we always used to joke that you know the guys could sit in that lecture and listen to the whole hour and understand theories immediately and go off and apply it, whereas the girls would have to go away and look at that lecture all over again in their own time and maybe from a different angle and then you know after really taking it to shreds and analyzing it then maybe you get that light bulb moment and that's a massive sweeping statement that was just my experience the stigma that girls aren't as good at now i'd like to think that no one uh, no one would say that i certainly don't believe that's true and i've noticed that um aside from maybe one or two women that i've had in my classes it's generally the men that are answering all these questions or going up to the board and solving this problem, because even though we just learned that concept that day, they already understand it. Um, and I never really noticed the women doing that. They usually would sit back and watch, take notes. Um, and I know for me, I would do the same things. I would need to, well, there was, there were two reasons why I would do that is because I would need to go home and I'd want to go back through, read my notes, um, read the professor's notes, relearn what I had learned. Um, so it took kind of a couple times for me to get a concept. Um, but then also because I was a little worried of um, answering a question or trying to solve a problem if I didn't completely understand it. So I didn't want to take that leap and then crash and burn and get the answer completely wrong and then have that go into the stigma that I have no clue what I'm doing. <laughs> um, That's kind of... The difference that I've seen between men and women. I, I know it's not the case for all women. There are definitely um, some amazing and brilliant women I've had in my classes that just get things right away and prove the men wrong when they'll answer one question. They'll be like, no, 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 it's actually this and they're right, um, which is amazing. But I've definitely noticed that the men are generally just understand it right away and answer the questions. They're also sometimes not worried to take that leap and get a question wrong something that I've been conscious of is like so I'm blonde and I have gotten the stereotype that I'm stupid which is the only thing I've ever been conscious of um is that my teachers would just automatically assume that I was stupid and would actually talk to me like I was stupid until like I proved myself I was treated like um the dumb blonde in class um and unfortunately like in my Earlier classes, um, not so much now because I th maybe it's because it's like upper division classes, but a lot of my earlier classes, I actually surprisingly found that the most like, it was with other women, like, because like the other women wouldn't be um, very generous with other women. Like it was this competition for... I don't want to say male attention, but like it was this competition within like the female groupings, which I found to be very bizarre because it was like, you know, we're all in this together, but they would be very like antagonistic, um, like not just to me, but like, you know, to other women. You kind of have to present dressed more nicely than they do to be taken the same amount of serious. A lot of engineering guys wear you know, jeans or, you know, khakis and polo shirts to work. And I find that I have to take it, you know, up a step. There isn't really a female equivalent of khakis and a polo shirt. You know, you walk into a room and there's 50 guys in your physics class and no women. Um, you suddenly think, oh man, like I, I either 
like they think I don't belong here or I really, really have to prove myself to show that I do belong here. So it's just like, it's like this subconscious stress that may or may not be rooted in reality. And sometimes it is. (laughs) People of color, minorities, any kind of group that's been marginalized, they talk about having to do twice as well. And, you know, you have no latitude. Um, And I think that's true as a woman as well. I mean, you just, you just do not have as much latitude for making mistakes or so much more is just, I don't want to say so much more is expected of you, but it comes with its own challenges. And, you know, like anything else, when you're the only one, whatever it is, woman or man, you have to work extra hard to connect with others. You might be missing a shared language or a lexicon or a set of gestures that are understood or reference points. You know, it's like, this is why when people talk about the locker room, like, yeah, there's an entire young adulthood spent forging shorthands that can be disparaging or not. And we don't share in that for good or for ill. It's just different. And I think a lot of people are threatened by difference. I think there's a lot of like societal conditioning to be apologetic and be ready to take the blame for things. Um, I think that's that societal thing um, that I think we're working to changing you know, the image of now is that that's for men and like the soft sciences, like psychology and stuff like that are for women or art is for women or, you know, domesticity is for women and like the harder stuff is for men. Um, Because unfortunately I think that's the stuff that's like cultivated from a really young age and like not so much in the media anymore. Cause I think right now, it's been, I think there's a, like a lot of effort to work towards changing that. Um, I think it's just from a really young age, it's been instilled in us that like, you know, girls play with Barbies and guys play with like connector sets. One thing that I am aware of as a woman in something like STEM is just the natural tension. This sounds like a bit of a negative way of putting it, but it's sort of the natural tensions between men and women in subjects in STEM because at the end of the day biologically there will always be that sort of um, dynamic between the man and woman so I think when you're in industries which are a bit more male dominated you can sometimes feel the pressure of being a woman. I wouldn't say that I'm a, a girly girl um, when I was a kid I, I was like I was like a wannabe tomboy <laughs> like I remember going through puberty and like starting to get boobs and I was like no and I like I've like I've seen this girl in a movie like binding her boobs to pretend to be a boy (laughs) and I was like I'm gonna do that because I was a wannabe tomboy but then as I got older I was like you know I actually like wearing dresses and I like being kind of girly sometimes um so when I got to college and I was studying physics I uh I felt like I I kind of was reverting back to that like wannabe tomboy thing. Like I was wearing like sweatpants and like big t-shirts to sort of hide being really girly and to fit in better or something like that. I don't know. I was like not wearing any makeup and things that I, I normally would do. Um, I would probably dress a little bit better normally or wear a little bit more makeup in public, but I was like playing down being girly while being a physics major. And I, and I feel like that was a bit uncomfortable. It was like trying to be something I was not, but, but like standing out or trying not to stand out. I think there'll always be a slight disadvantage to any woman in a male dominated industry, because again, it's going back to that thing I was talking about previously about the tensions between men and women. A key example would be 
just not really being able to go and grab a beer with your boss on a Friday night, which is something that probably your male counterpart could probably do quite easily. And then you have your conversations, you get friendly, and it's easier for your boss to understand who you are and to, you know, be more on your team when it comes to promotions or raises and things like that. I think for a woman, unless you have female bosses, it's quite difficult to have that personal relationship with your with the seniors above you and therefore to 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 have them understand your needs in hindsight I may, I may feel that I've missed out on something if I don't have kids or if I don't get married but then you you make your choices and again it's, it's largely about compromise I, I don't really have the answer right now I don't know whether I'm doing the right thing I don't know whether I'll make, have any regrets but what I do know is that I'm very interested in what I'm doing and I'm enjoying it and I think the minute that changes, then maybe it's time to rethink the plan. Less of that is about feeling out of place and more of that is about kind of how you're raised, which is, you know, no fault of the people who raised me. They're great. My parents kind of had these um, conflicting parenting styles, which I think eventually kind of led me to engineering. Um, My father was actually a software engineer, so he was always into STEM and, um, you know, kind of showing me those things like buying me um, little science kits or buying me um, books about math and things like that. While my mom on the other side didn't think maybe education and those types of um, skills were as important and really pushed a lot of um, cleaning, um, learning how to cook, learning how to dress. Uh, things like that. But I think overall, like my my dad's influence, I saw it was more fun. Learning about math and science was way more fun than um, learning to be a housewife. So I that influence really um, was just something that affected me from such a young age. And I was always thinking about engineering, maybe since the age of seven. Um, But I was reading some study online one time that said men were taught to um, take chances and to be adventurous. And then women were taught to analyze everything and not throw yourself out there and um, stay on the side of caution. Um, And so I've always wondered if that's maybe the difference between men and women and how they learn or how they even um, participate in class, maybe whether men have always been, I guess, raised to, take all these chances and to be adventurous. And so when they get asked a question or even a question that they have no clue what the answer is, they still take a stab at it and still try to answer it. Whereas at least for me as a woman, I kind of err on the side of caution and make sure I know for sure that that is the answer to the question my professor's asking before raising my hand and answering it. And even then I'm still worried that I've completely missed the mark and (laughs) that I'm wrong. I never fit in. So I think I was pretty self-conscious early on. I was really aware of, uh, I just didn't look like other kids and I didn't quite fit into my town. Um, You know, my mom was an immigrant and my my parents were just different. So, I mean, I think I was always aware of being different. And I also, like, I think even from early on, I um, excelled in well, I excelled in science and math. And so I was keenly aware of being labeled a nerd pretty early. <laughs> so that was something I just grew to own, even by the time I was in middle school. Why do you think women don't speak out? Maybe, you know, women don't want to seem like they're not coping. <laughs> you know, no one wants to go, yeah, you know, I'm, I 
didn't do this all that well or you know I, I, I felt like I was struggling that's really hard to, to admit to but it just takes one person saying that and then a whole crowd of people go oh thank god you said that I felt exactly the same I'm so grateful for the people who do speak out and, and maybe um, we need to encourage each other to do that more because it, it shouldn't be a weakness I think it takes a lot more strength to admit those things but maybe we try and seem like we're always coping and that's why we don't speak out when you're talking about working in a team um, I have found that working in predominantly female environments is a little bit harder because it seems to be more politics speaking from an, uh, a stance where you know the guys and the girls are seen as equal within the industry whereas of course if you go and put yourself in a scenario where you're predominantly working with men and maybe those men are given uh, more status in their jobs and so on, then I think the whole dynamic shit. Maybe women then are forced to kind of downplay their emotions in order to not come across as, you know, these emotional women who are not being professional and that sort of thing. So in my job, you have to be in touch with your emotions. That's part of, I think, what can make quite a good vet. Um, if you were cold all the time and didn't show any emotion at all, I don't think people would be able to relate to you and that would make it difficult to for people to trust you with their loved ones, with their pets and so on. I mean, I think everything in life is up and down. And I think everyone has ups and everyone has downs, but just looking, trying your best to find the bigger picture. And if you love what you do, I think the reason I'm so positive is because I love what I do. Like I'm passionate about public health. Um, I think that not a lot of the guys in my program have similar issues all the time, um, just because of the way, you know, society is like, men are allowed to do this, men are allowed to be bad at this and still be successful. I think... As humans, one of the basic things we crave is belonging. And that starts from seeing people that look like you and seeing that it's possible, seeing that it can be done, seeing that your color or your race or your ethnicity doesn't really play a part. And for the most part, I actually believe that. I believe I believed that, you know, during my time as a PhD student where I knew that I was being judged by the quality of my work. And by, because, you know, as you know, science is quite a multicultural um, discipline and I, I, it's reflected that, my environment reflected that we had people from all over the world, but at the core of who we are, independent of how our work is being judged based by the quality, the research, our findings, our discoveries, we want belonging. And I think one of the things I, I would have loved to see would have been more people of different ethnicities who could support each other because at the end of the day, there's something that gets um, lost in translation somehow when, I don't know, beyond the science, you have um, different races or different genders or something. There is just something. There's something to be said for belonging. There's something to be said for seeing people that look like you doing what you want to do. I do not think there is a good support system for women. Um, I still think there's a lot of um, remarks that are being said by your male peers, but also um, by your even your professors and um, that, that make it really uncomfortable. Um, I had to deal a little bit with that um, maybe when things really started narrowing down when I was really the only girl in class. So that started happening like uh, my junior and senior year constantly. And even to this day, um, as a, as a working professional, um, still having 
this self-doubt and um we hear this all the time like uh, women need to get 10 out of 10 um requirements to think that they're adequate while um their male peers maybe six out of ten is good enough and they'll they'll go and jump for that opportunity um i definitely see that i think there's um a culture that um women uh, need to be perfect in everything that they do and that pressure is is totally there and especially being um, one of the only females um, in school and even at work I feel like I'm I'm more noticed I think people I think people are watching me I don't know if that's true or not though I've heard this sentiment from a number of senior scientists that's like, you need to be able to take criticism, you need to have a thick skin, you like you need to be able to be competitive. And when people criticize you and come at you and tell you like, this research is no good, you just buckle down and you you like, make it better and you stick it out. And I've, I've seen that sentiment um, so often. Um, and I don't, I don't believe that's the way we improve a culture of, of scientists. Um, I believe, I believe more that, you know, encouragement and criticism that has nothing to do with the scientist's ability, but more to do with their research. Um, and in a way that's constructive and it's not, I, I just, I'm just imagining scientists that are, that are disparaged for their work. And it, it's not just women. It happens to men too. The imposter syndrome thing, which is just, like, yes, they hired me, and yes, they said that I'm good enough to be here, but am I really? I'm not sure. You know, look what that guy's doing. That's so impressive. I'm not doing anything. And then being ha- having to be like, but I deserve to be here, and having to, you know, get that through your brain can be really hard. Well, it seems to me, I'm, I'm generalizing, but it seems to me that a lot of women think that they have to fight harder to be heard, when really, I think any woman will be heard if they have something interesting to say. So I think it's a, a misconception that a woman has to fight harder to be heard. I think my own experiences have probably been fairly typical. And I would say that while there have certainly been many positive experiences in my career, there have been some negative ones as well. And um, it's not always easy to figure out how to handle those. And it's not always helpful in the moment to try and pursue justice or change over those negative experiences. Sometimes you end up feeling like you just have to take it and move on. And I think there are certainly people who've affected my life and my career that probably to this day have no idea what the effects of what they did and said were. So it's actually made me extremely proud to be a woman in science. And I think any woman that is in STEM should be proud that they've stuck with it and that they aren't letting I guess feelings of men towards them or statements made by men or even statements made by other women affect them that they're just sticking with their sticking to their guns. That's it for today. Isn't there something so liberating about letting your guard down and speaking your truth? It's not easy being in a minority as a woman in STEM or otherwise, but through this Christmas compilation series of six episodes, I hope you get some inspiration and comfort on how to be your best self and live up to your own fullest potential. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and catch you tomorrow for episode two.